0: Clay, I just want to talk about this episode of Star Trek Picard called Assimilated. I don't want to mm-hmm. talk about how it felt to watch you die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, at least for once on a new Star Trek show, there are people who are choosing not to talk about their feelings, I guess. <laughs> when she said that i was like oh thank god i guess we (laughs) could just skip right past that
0: part (laughs) when did she die that's my question i'm gonna have a lot of questions in this episode about clay when did this happen previously that i don't remember when all this uh when all this stuff happened i I might just be blocking it out or something or i have like mental blocks in the way what did they they mean when she became a a borg queen i wasn't exactly sure what they're referencing um Did it happen this season when she died? When did she die?
1: I, uh, it was Rafi talking to Seven? Seven? Yeah. Was she talking about her, I thought she was talking about Elnor dying.
0: She says, watch you die, though, I think. I quote, I wrote it down as, I wrote it down that way, at least. I don't know it would make more sense, but is she talking about it in the third person? This is not a good start for our podcast about this. But <laughs> I was so confused by the welcome that line. to Pensky Podcast. We've got no <laughs> idea what happened in this one. <laughs> I was very confused about that. Anyway, this is assimilation. It's the third episode of Star Trek Picard's second season. It came out on March seventeenth, twenty twenty-two. Written by Kylie Rossiter and Christopher Monfett, Directed by Leah Thompson. In universe date, the alternate timeline is twenty four oh one. It's also twenty twenty-four. In this episode, Picard and the crew travel back to 2024 Los Angeles in search of the Watcher, who can help them identify the point at which time diverged. Seven, Raffi, and Rios venture out into an unfamiliar world 400 years in the past, while Picard and Gerardi attempt to gather information from an unlikely and dangerous ally. Here with the third episode of Star Trek Picard. Um mm. Yeah, so again, thank you, patrons, for supporting the show and listening. It's been great. Everything's going well on the Patreon. Here we go with Star Trek Picard. Um, I don't... I have very broad opinions about this one, like not not really specific to this episode. I don't know if you have specific thoughts about this one or if you wanted to start off with like a 10,000-foot view of things, but um, it's your choice. You decide. Um.
1: My 10,000 foot view of this one is, well, first of all, thank God they didn't spend any more time in the future because I thought they were going to have to do that again. Mm. Um, But uh, I keep, I feel like this has been three episodes of starting the story. Yeah. And for a season, that's what, 10 episodes? 10 episodes. We're almost halfway there. Yeah. We're we're a third of the way in or, or whatnot and things really haven't got like, I'm still not even sure what the story is to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. Um, and so I find that to be frustrating. And this is another episode where the characters are transported somewhere separately and have to find each other.
0: (laughs) 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 It's the third episode in a row where they've done that. And it's just, (laughs) that's, um, that's kind of similar to my 10,000, my 10,000 foot, take on all of this is that um these new modern Trek series are like so add in what's going on it's like i mm. like it, it's weird where we are right now where you're saying there's not really a story started i w- finished watching this and i then i kind of reviewed what had happened and i'm like already kind of forgetting stuff that has happened that has brought them to this point like mm-hmm. You know, when Q shows up, I'm always like, oh right, Q. Like right, what yeah. the what the hell is what the hell's he been? I I'm it's really um it's really scatter and just so get to the next point. Get to the next point, get to the next point. And I, I just don't see any coherence. Like they didn't pay much attention to the totalitarian nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh there's not much paid attention to Q. I feel I, like people are a little bit concerned that there's going to be sort of a like political angle on this in the future because they land in 2024 where to the horror of the writers like the Republicans and Trump have seemed to have won in 2024. So like, you know, everything's gone to shit or something like that. But I don't think they're actually going to focus on the politics. I think they just chose random things to look at and they're not going to actually delve into any of those things. Would you agree or do you think that that's actually going to be a topic that the show talks about?
1: I think they're going to pay that stuff lip service like uh <clears throat> like what they did here. Yeah, you don't have you don't have Rios get arrested by ICE at the end of the episode and 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 w- without that being a purposeful move, but I also don't think that's the rest of the season is going to be Rios working to as a coyote to get people across the border or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's it's like stay in the gonna, past. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to use it in the way where it's like they pick something that sucks and is awful that is happening now, and they put it in the context of the show. And someone's going to say, "Wow, this sucks." Basically, it's just a bunch of scenes that are kind of echoing the thing that Seven and Rafi said in the in the uh, Tent City there, yeah. where it's like, "Yeah, you'd think you'd think we'd be they'd have been more enlightened by now." It kind of sucks that they're not. And then Rafi's like, "Yeah, I can't believe that you know the it, the civilization lasted this long." It's like I feel like it's going to be a lot of that.
0: Yes. Um, sort of bad takes on current events kind of like a, a one sentence bad take on current events is my take. like it's a i just it's annoying to me because it's like it's all of these super complicated issues that the show is mm. just going to sort of lip service you like well this is a damn shame it's like yeah well like like the fire stuff you know it's not just a, it's like there's so many things that go into those fires out there it's like the, the you know they don't they don't get rid of the shit the undergrowth and everything because people live there mm. and they the billionaires don't want to pay to have this kind of dangerous then when the things get right. to fire it's bad it's like not
1: enough not enough people sweeping the floors out in the forest
0: <laughs> right exactly like not enough not enough uh, chipmunk hunters out there or something just yeah. like rounding up but it's like it's not just you know the simplistic take of like bad things kind of happen it's like it's everything's complicated that they bring up even ice you know it's like mm-hmm. it's you know, it's there's a way to treat people humanely, but at the same time, there is such a thing as like illegal immigration. For like, not all immigration is legal, so it's like there's this. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's complicated. I, but I, I don't think I'm going to get too wound up on it because, as you're saying, I don't think they're actually going to talk about it. I think they're just yeah. using it as a backdrop.
1: I, my, the thing I'm curious about, and one of the reasons why this frustrates me from a Star Trek point of view, is I wish they hadn't picked. 2024 i wish they had picked like 2050 or something Mm. that would allow them to do something a bit more speculative with it i mean i don't know maybe that's for the better that they didn't because it's uh, weird
0: that they went ahead (coughs) a couple years at all why not just say this is 2022 right yeah like 20 you know it's two years from now and
1: it's like they're they're not making enough substantial changes to anything to really make it that interesting from a science fiction standpoint. Yeah. Like, it's not like, it's, I mean, maybe they will. And maybe the, the thing is like, little do we know that in 2024, there's a Soong out there who's perfecting uh, technology, uh, AI technology that's going to step out of out of the Alexas in our houses and into the starships of the future. Um, I thought they were going to put
0: the ice captives into torture chambers from the mirror universe or something just yeah the agony agony booth
1: (laughs) yeah it's a it's a tough call i guess because on the one hand i kind of wish they had picked they had gone sort of the deep space nine route where they picked a point in the future from the present of when the show is being broadcast so you could kind of do something more speculative but at the same time i don't trust these new shows to do something speculative Within the same century as us, well, it, it's and, us, and not just be the worst version of people the, are just causing wildfires. Left yeah, and right, point. like, like yeah. the the thing that they did <clears throat> with just the general to, uh, totalitarian government of the the confederation. Like, it's not like they're going to be more subtle than that. If they if they jumped fifty years in the future, no, from now. you know what no, I mean. Yeah, I, I. That's why I find all of this a little bit narratively confusing, because. Normally, that's what you would kind of do is you pick a point that you go back to that allows you to be speculative in a way that you can kind of make the theme and and the thesis of the story you're trying to tell. But they've tried to do that like
0: twice. Yeah, they've jumped twice is the strange part here. They jumped to a bad past and then they jumped to a semi-speculative past. Like not... Yeah. You know, it's a weird... It's like if they... So if they went 2050, like you're saying... That's a weird speculative halfway point to get to right, in the story. Right. As opposed to just calling this modern day, which they do. It's it is strange. It comes back to your the point we were talking about in the early episode. It's like there's a lot of there's just a lot of jumping going on here. Alternate universe back in time, and all of them have to reflect something. And I think it's it's getting a little bit muddled about yeah. where you're supposed to land. And it's for
1: for these kind of stories, it is a little bit confusing to have an alternate present that then you have to go back in time before the present is changed so technically it's the same timeline but also it's a different time you know what i mean unless you've got unless you've established well what's going on like in back to the future 2 um it gets a little bit tricky to be like no the present i (laughs) The present you are in no longer exists because the present is now different because of the actions of the past which you have to go back and change before the actions happen in order to save the present which is the one you remember. Now, it's like I'm yeah. I'm sorry. What?
0: Yeah. I I cuz I I was only, to come back to, like, all the things that I've forgotten, I was only reminded that there's a time schism when the Borg Queen mentions it. And he's like, you're very very lucid now. And she's like, well, we're before the point in time where the universe splits. And it's like, my God, there's a lot of stuff that I need to track to really understand what the hell's going so on here.
1: So I, I thought that was interesting, A, because, yeah, fine, sure, it makes sense. But at the, other t- at the other point, I was like, so does that mean if you subscribe to, like, the multiverse theory, there are countless numbers of timelines where the Borg queen is constantly on the fritz.
0: Yes. And that's fun. And that Q exists in all timelines and universes as the same person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're asking questions. The show is not asking, so we probably shouldn't spend time on that stuff. No,
0: no, (laughs) that's my, but that's really my main takeaway. Like I I thought this episode was okay. Really? Like I, 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 Enjoyed it while it was happening. I think I enjoyed the stuff actually when they get to LA a little bit more than the opening just because it's nice to have like bright light (laughs) occasionally in the show.
1: Well, Uh, it's nice to have bright light. And also, again, like the the show starts with (laughs) Picard just hanging out while his buddies fucking murder five people. mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. It's just I don't I'm very confused at the uh, recklessness with which they take life in this
0: seemingly banking on the fact that it won't matter because they fixed the timeline. <laughs> well, they took a lot of life in the first season too, didn't they? A lot of people were dying and that, that timeline Yeah, didn't get right but, to you know,
1: they're all Starfleet people now. You'd think they would have a little bit more restraint, but no, I mean, Seven and Raffi are just blasting people away at, 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 at a full capacity.
0: So I guess this is a good entry point. What's your, like, did this episode change the way that you think the show views Picard? Because it has one sequence in it that I thought was really strange, which is when Raffi starts going insane for what I can understand is no conceivable reason besides Elnor died. And this is another thing where it's like, when did Raffi and Elnor become best friends? I don't remember mm-hmm. if I missed something there, but apparently they did. And Raffi says to Picard, this is all because you and your buddy Q are traipsing around fucking with people's lives. And, he, and, P- <laughs> and Picard goes, I don't do it, but Q does. He, like, he, sort of, he sort of sells out Q in this weird way. And I thought it was I like, mean, if there's- if there's
1: anybody that deserves to be sold out, it's Q, let's be honest.
0: Well, I just, I feel that, like, I don't know if it's a better understanding of the character, but, like, to me it feels like a weird take on Q because at the end of TNG, I think it's difficult to walk away and not say that Q is a kind of trickster moral teacher, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a trickster god, but he does show Picard a better side of himself throughout his experience with him. Yeah. And... For Rafi's take to be that, and then like it's fine for Rafi to be wrong because she doesn't know it. But I would expect Picard to kind of chime in and be like, "Actually, he is annoying and dangerous, but he's shown me things that I wouldn't have realized otherwise." And yeah, but he doesn't do that. He's just like, "Yeah, he's a real jackass." Look at what he does. Yeah,
1: I mean, you're also talk about things kind of forgetting that things are happening. That would have been a great point. To for him to say what you said and then follow that up with, and also this is not like him. There's something wrong right. with him. Yeah, because that's something they establish in in episode two, which they don't even like pay lip service to in this one. Like it's not even part of the story at this mm. point. Yeah, and like that would have been a, I think that would have been a nice moment for Picard to to kind of express that a bit. Um.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. But yeah, he he like I, I'm still. I'm still curious about what they think, how much of Picard in Stewart's performance is intentional because of his age and how, or written intentionally and how much it is because of his age at this point that this is mm-hmm. not being effective. I just feel he's extremely feeble in both like outlook on life and performance here yeah. to the point where in this episode where people go off and do action adventures, he has this sort of C minus of a plot line where he's with the Borg cube and Agnes on the ship. Mm-hmm. and i don't know I, I don't know where they're choosing to draw that line about whether or not he actually believes in things anymore or if he's just this like he just seems kind of pathetic to me in this yeah. point it, it, like he's sad about elnor a lot of people have died El- we can be sad that elnor's dead for now or whatever but like picard's been a captain who's seen thousands of people die and so- like he doesn't have a he doesn't bring his past experience into any of these situations in a, in a way that I think is believable for him.
1: Yeah. And I, 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 I forget every episode how old he feels, which is why I, I wish they would stop showing the same clip at the beginning because the clip where he calls for the ship to self-destruct, he sounds like someone's grandfather who's <laughs> about to die. <laughs> the computer Calling
0: for the nurse S- the nurse call button
1: yeah self-destruct sequence <laughs> activated and it's like this isn't this isn't really working for me you're really reminding me that uh he's his best days might be behind him at this yeah. point um, yeah. yeah I don't know I don't know what's going on with him because like the stuff with with Agnes and the Borg Queen right <clears throat> remember Think back to the scene with uh, what's her name from uh, First Contact. The the Borg Queen? No, the Earth woman. I can't remember the her oh, name or the actor's um, name.
0: Uh, it's like a male name, isn't it? I the the black woman you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, the scene in the in 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 Picard's ready room where she's trying to get him to blow up the ship, and he's got these
0: blow up the sir. damn ship. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> you know, uh, he's got like a really strong point of view that is informed by his previous uh, experience with the Borg, and he knows how dangerous they are, and they they've fucked him up to the point where he is gonna go beyond the pale in order to do stuff, even that he even when he knows it's not the right thing to do ultimately, and then here, Agnes Girardi talks him into letting her kind of let herself be assimilated by the boar queen
0: yeah hey her her (laughs) sadness is going to remain in somewhere else and so it's not a complete assimilation or something yeah and
1: like i was watching the scene like the the idea i kind of was into i was like okay this is kind of interesting like as, as a concept i don't mind the idea of okay the boar queen is uh debilitated maybe there's a way we can kind of like hack into her a bit by yeah. giving her the the carrot on the stick of assimilating somebody. Okay, interesting. But, like, Picard does not put up the kind of fight in that situation that I think he should. Like, Lo- being turned into Locutus, for better or worse at this point, is, like, the defining thing that happened to him in yeah. his in his character defining
0: trauma that's happened to him
1: yeah his defining trauma that in the last season he tried to he's dealt with to a certain point where he's working with people who are being deborgified, which is a really interesting thing to do but there's but he still has an innate fear and distrust of the borg etc etc this season he's just like borg amnesty baby you know it's and and this scene where where they're doing this and, and she's talking about this under, I would assume that under no circumstances would Picard
0: let somebody do this. And that's, I would 100% agree, which is why I was kind of relieved and thought it was a good moment where the opening scene that they talk about it, he says, no way, and it cuts. And I was like, oh, the crew are actually going to have yeah. difference of opinion here where yeah. Agnes is going to do this on her own and he's not willing to do it. But she convinces him in the second right. scene that it's a thing to do. And it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why you would undercut him that way just have her do it without his knowledge you know yeah i mean that's so much
1: more interesting isn't it like because she's especially for a character like her who's looking for a, a way to to help and and uh be part of the team and stuff like that who's lonely and blah blah blah, blah it, it and she is she has been known her character from last season is the kind of scientist who is going to push the envelope right so why wouldn't she just do it without his knowledge right and then have to deal with the consequences of that instead of playing it out this way where he's like okay sure i'll i'll be your guide while you do this acid trip and make sure that you're okay and then it just kind of works and it's fine at least for now but yes yeah you know there's just not there's not a ton of it feels like it feels like a bit of a character failing as far as picard goes that he is so quickly um convinced that this is the only way to do things
0: He's extremely passive. I would say in addition to it not seeming like his character makes sense there and that he should be extremely anti this idea to the point where he's, he's yelling and smashing things out of first contact and screaming no and stuff. I think mm-hmm. um, something that the show and the series and some of them in Discovery to an extent do as well is that I, I understand conceptually this moment of hacking into the board queen. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the risk involved. I understand that there can be a great payoff to doing that. I understand that one character probably would want to do it, and Picard would not want that to happen. The, the problem that these shows consistently have is that it never feels like they effectively build the stakes or convince right. you that this is going to be a dangerous thing that is worth the risk if it pays out that way. And right. Because they, they bring up the topic, and two characters talk about it for like 15 seconds and then, right, then they right. start doing it, and there's no sense that Agnes is basically risking her life. They they portray it as just kind of this idea that she wants to do, and Picard is mildly not into it at all. And it's it's such a let it's the um, it's the build up in the first season to Seven joining the Borg Cube, and right. in my mind's eye, I still go back and I think of how the series could have built to that, where this is like her greatest sacrifice is to become the Borg queen which reactivates this cube and saves them because the Borg all reactivate but it loses her in the process. Right. And they right. just don't do it. It's just it's, it's all this nonsense build up idea that happens so quickly when it's over, you're shocked that that's all they were going to do with it at all. It's such a letdown.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that's different here with that is we are at the beginning of whatever's going on with the boar queen and Agnes. Yes. Um Could I'm be a still interested. Stone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still interested to see what goes on there. I actually really liked that scene when they when they patched her in. Um, I do think again, you uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, I don't know if this is on if this is on Patrick Stewart or if this is on the writing, but like when they're going back and forth, like I, the, the throwing the voices back and forth was very fun. Um, but I never got the sense from Picard, like I couldn't see the the stress on his face at yeah, all. Yeah. Because you've got the board queen who's talking very expressionlessly, uh, and the same with Agnes, and also Picard is there, and he's not really playing much of it. So mm. they just keep cutting to this like iPad with a EKG on it or some shit. Yeah, and it's it's you know I don't know I think again I think it's it's a, it's speaking to the the stakes that you're talking about where it's like they're, they're not really leaning into the drama of this stuff as much as they could be.
0: I find they undercut it. There's two examples. The, the only one I can think of um, is the, the Agnes one. There's two examples, and maybe I'll remember the other one, where they take something serious and then undercut it with a joke, interestingly. So the Agnes one is, once she starts connecting and being assimilated by the Borg Queen, she starts insulting Picard, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh it's like true feelings coming out but they undercut it by going oh never mind i'll shut that door and i'll go in this door and they like they play it as kind of a a comedy thing but i think there's there's room there for either the Borg queen or agnes's true feelings to come out and affect picard but it doesn't because it's a joke at that point
1: right right yeah yeah I, i mean i think that scene in and of itself could have been like a classic star trek scene um if they got into some of that stuff but you know they didn't yeah but i but like the, i did again the idea i think is fun um i thought i actually thought the direction was pretty good in this episode i i didn't i didn't know leah thompson was a director
0: yes yeah apparently um, does tv now
1: yeah the only thing that i had an issue with and i don't know if this is on the directing end or if it's just on script or what
0: um <clears throat> where do they land unclear they land at home which is apparently yeah. not france <laughs> i don't know I don't know where they yeah, go. Yeah, I don't,
1: I don't, I don't know that. That was a little unclear. I don't know if it really matters. Um, but as, uh, aside from that, I thought it was, it, I thought the episode looked good. <clears throat> I thought that scene with, uh, like I said, I thought that scene with the Borg Queen and Agnes and Picard was shot very well. Um, what do you think of the Borg Queen? Do you like? I her? wish they. I I actually do. I like her because I like those types of characters. Um, I wish I had a little bit more of an idea of what her her angle is yeah um but i think the performance is pretty good but i do wish they had gotten alice krieg to do it yeah yeah um <laughs> but i don't know maybe it, it seems like it's a pretty physical performance and she's i think like in her 70s or something so yeah. maybe it just it wasn't it wasn't it didn't maybe it didn't fit her anymore um i like this stuff but the yeah.
0: queen crawling around is creepy yeah i thought that was cool
1: that's good <clears throat> um She's going to get a full body, right? Like, I, I feel like I'm going to be right. She has for legs. Yeah, she has yeah. her
0: legs in this one. So
1: I feel like I'm going to be right. At some point, not only is she going to get a full body, but she's going to somehow end up looking normal, I think.
0: I, I think that the Borg Queen is 90% good and there's 10% strangeness to it, where mm-hmm. I think they try to make her funny sometimes. Mm. And I don't, I don't know why you want to do that. Um, the Borg are just not funny. And it takes away her threat when she's kind of she doesn't crack jokes, but she has like turns of phrase that are meant to be kind of humorous tip card and mm-hmm. things like that and I, I don't really care for that but i i I think it's a fine idea to have her i'm I'm a little bit she's another aspect of a lot, a lot of the parts of the show where i'm I'm sort of hazy about what her role is here besides just mm-hmm. being a time travel battery for them. yeah. Uh, so hopefully they'll they'll go into something like that. My uh, tangentially off of that my um, awkward science moment <laughs> or like you're 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 too you're too nerdy about Star Trek is when the time travel thing to go back in time is they warp around the star, but they, it looks like they're you know going ten miles an hour <laughs> when, when they do it. So yeah. they're supposed to be going incredibly fast, but they have time to sort of skirt the stars corona or whatever you call it and it just it's one of those silly things about warp speed is uh, supposed to be much faster than that but who who cares
1: well yeah the, that whole time travel mechanic i i've it's it's a real interesting uh choice for star trek because star trek and i've always thought even star trek 4 I, I think it's a fairly clunky mechanic but because star trek is usually so steeped in at the very least like a glimmer of plausibility Mm. and this is just how do you control where you go
0: right well yeah like if you queen do you have to
1: count does every time you go around the sun is that like a hundred years or something (laughs) like how do you do you just think about it if everybody on the ship thinks about it really hard they'll end up in 2024 yeah how the fuck do you target anything
0: i don't know that's a good question there is no um Precision with that, or accuracy, or whatever, whichever. At one least in
1: at least in Star Trek two thousand nine, they both ended up in completely different time periods. Right. You know, it's so this is like I, I know they're using a a method that was used previously uh, in the franchise, but it's it's a very clunky mechanic for a show like this.
0: So, what do you think of our time in sunny L.A., which opens with uh, every bit of royalty free drone? Cinema you can get and then uh some music is put on top of it um it's a it's i liked this section of it it's a little weird for these characters to be in this time i think um honestly the 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 issues they chose to focus on were a little bit of a distraction to me i i think rios actually comes out fairly well out of this Mm -hmm. one i Mm -hmm. liked his plot um that doctor is a bizarre television creation that can't possibly exist in real life, but um she's good uh you know losing the you've badge. never
1: you've never run into any under the table medical clinics run by hot single moms
0: no who yeah who <laughs> hot single moms who run free clinics for uh the people who can't afford it, obviously and are you know, helping the, the downtrodden. I, I generally don't think that those doctors go in that direction. Um, what was I going to say about Rios? Really, like the the strangest thing about the Rios thing is that I know they mention it, but him just getting beamed like 40 feet into the air and that's how the, he ends up where he is was a strange decision. Um, I feel like that's handled by he walks into traffic in any other show. Sure,
1: yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I like the Rios stuff um
0: best joke the, sorry best joke is when he she gets him to tell the story and then just sets the bone on him i thought yes, that was legitimately yeah. funny yeah
1: yeah that was good um i actually had a doctor do that to me recently uh not to that extent but uh, you know i was i went in and uh i went to see my cardiologist and he was taking my blood pressure my blood pressure was high and uh so he's like he had me lay down and i was wearing a um space mountain Mm t-shirt and so he's got the thing back on my arm and he's like space mountain that's from disney right and i'm like yeah and he's like yeah did you go recently and i start telling him about my disney trip Mm -hmm. and then after about halfway through i I realized what he was doing he's like oh he's taking my mind off of the fact that he's taking my blood pressure to try to relax me to get my blood pressure to go down Mm -hmm. it seemed to work too (laughs) (laughs) uh so what i'm saying is in that moment this show is medically accurate
0: that's correct this is that's the most Um, realistic moment in star trek history
1: yes i like the i like the rio stuff the the i'm my issue with this entire plot idea of sending them back to 2024 is like obviously the first thing people are going to think of is voyage home right yes i think and i mean however many of the other times that they've sent them back you know uh City and the Age of Tomorrow. Oh, whatever, I think whatever.
0: of um, uh, Carpenter Street from Enterprise, where they go back to sure, Detroit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, but my, my point is, Carpenter Street, I, uh, yeah, I guess that kind of will fall under what I'm going to say next. But <clears throat> the, the reason I'm worried about this plot line is because the characters are too cool. Mm. And the reason that Star Trek IV works is because Part of the thing that makes it fun to watch is that they are so fish out of water and so fucking weird characters (laughs) when you really take a step (laughs) back and look at them yeah, that it creates a really interesting dynamic of being a fish out of water who is also just... It's tough for them to fit in because they're weirdos.
0: Yeah, that's why it's the best uh, Trek comedy.
1: Yeah, everybody in this show is just too cool. Like, they show up in L.A. and they're... Black leather, like black leather, Tight grabbing pants. guns and doing that thing everybody seems to know how to do in shows where they just like <laughs> they just slide the slide on the gun backwards and take the gun apart. I don't know. How, can that is that? How does that work? Someone please tell us how that works because I everybody seems to know how to do that in shows and I don't know how that works. No, but you know what I mean. Like the, the scene where, um. Rafi and seven are trying to get up to the top of the building and the guard comes over and starts talking to them in star trek 4 i feel like that same scene is a lot more satisfying because it's weirder yeah and like the shit that they're talking about is they have to really kind of make a much more interesting
0: dodge it's not in order to
1: (laughs) you know instead of just being like we're both we're both married and Get, we just we're want to go sexy. down on each
0: other on the top yeah, of this we're, tower.
1: We're both sexy lesbians <laughs> who just want to take a picture at the top of this. <laughs> and Dan let us do it. You're cooler than Dan, right? <laughs> I am you know, I don't than Dan. It's like I mean, it was a fine scene for what it was, but I don't find it as interesting to watch because that quirk isn't there. Yeah, and I guess you could argue that they're two—they're two very different stories, which I, I guess would be true. But from that point, I guess it's like, well, why? Do it then? Why do you send these characters back into the past unless you're gonna play that fish out of water card a little bit more? Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, it's well what it, it what it is doing for me is it's not making it bad, but it is making it kind of just flat for me.
0: Yeah. Interestingly, I thought that the best character moment in the episode comes at the end of that um where two lesbians who need to get to the top to take a picture scene where Seven has a line about she is kind of a fish out of water because she's in a universe yeah. where without her Borg implants and people being a, uh, scared of her as a Borg, she has a comment that I've never been around people who don't who aren't scared of me from the get go. And yeah,
1: I think I think her stuff is my favorite stuff in the episode, and I think that's a really interesting storyline. Hopefully, if as long as they keep going with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I liked that. That that felt like a. It was just weird. It's it's this. It's these tonal shifts because that scene is played as a sort of silly, unfunny comedy sequence until that moment when it has the most profound character beat at just as a tag on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah i I think that it's I think that they're too cool uh, as well. I I don't know. They don't have a. It just feels it's, to me they don't feel like Star Trek characters in the present. It just feels like any kind of show where these normal characters, like yeah. um, Rios, yeah. is kind of like a you know L- Latino house or something like that. It's it's there's nothing there's nothing really that defines him as a Star Trek character. Mostly because even in the Prime Universe in the Prime timeline, he's not particularly a Starfleet character. You know, he's he's the guy chomping a cigar, too cool for school, freighter <laughs> captain person right yeah he's more of a star wars character yes yeah 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 i i do you have anything else you want to say about the 2024 or anything like that i'm um they're taking a long time to find the watcher i understand that they're trying to set that stuff up but i fucking hate this stuff <laughs> the watcher like, or just the 2024 yeah
1: the, the watcher thing
0: the watcher soon yeah. right it's got to
1: well, yeah. Well, I don't know because I'm still convinced that Sung is going to be the the person. She, he's going to be the uh, if this were the City on the edge. Yeah, City on the Edge of Tomorrow. This Sung would be the the girl there whose name I can't
0: remember. Mm, is he going to have to kill the Sung to stop Data's uh, future from existing or something? Well, like I don't. Anything? I don't mean literally. That's what's good, but
1: I mean like that's yeah. he's the fulcrum of whatever the the future is. Sure. So I don't know if that's gonna if he's going to be the watcher as well part of me i don't know i don't know if the watcher ends up being a, a, a another character that we already know from the past or something like a franchise character um yeah i don't know i but but like i don't know i just i just just tell a fucking story i don't know i don't really need more mystery people that are only there so people on the internet like us can go, Well, here are the reasons why the watcher can't be
0: Jordy. Right. You know? <laughs> oh, god damn it. That was gonna be the whole rest of the podcast.
1: Well, if it turns out to be Jordy, I'm gonna say I call it. But <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's that's the kind of thing that's an instance where it feels very transparent that that's one of those things where it's like we need to have a mystery character so people go who's the mystery character and then they find out and they're kind of oh I wish it was I wish it had been a Klingon I wish it was Martok or something
0: yeah Yeah. it's a we talked in Discovery I think or no it's Picard about the um this These versions of Star Trek tend to use just sort of generic fantasy words in place of actual yeah. Star Trek-y sounding things like they had the Enclave of Eight or whatever it was and mm-hmm. the Romulan Society and this is the Watcher. Well, I think there's another problem to
1: it as well because they're talking about finding the Watcher. What the fuck does that mean? In terms of how do they find him? No, like what I don't even know like they they can't even like really pin down exactly what they're looking for like what the event is. No, this, that, yeah, what that's the, what I mean.
0: They they have no clues yeah. to go on. There's nothing there. Yeah, it's like if if so the there was queen, a, I guess. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but the board queen gives them like they I, I guess that's the point of it going into the board queen's mind, but at the at the same time all they pulled from that was a coordinate, right? Like they, yeah, he's but just I mean somewhere. like in a,
1: In addition to the watcher thing, right? Like Mm. they know that they've come back because there's an event that happens that they have to stop or change or whatever. But that plot element is vague enough that to layer another vagary on top of it of the quote unquote watcher who seems to have information about what this possible thing might possibly be. Yeah. It's like, I, it's just tough for me to give a shit because. I don't really know what they're looking for, so I don't know why talking to this guy helps them. I and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wanting too much laid out for me or something, but it's just it feels this whole story they're telling feels vague in a way that doesn't feel intentionally like like structured. Yeah. It just feels vague for the sake of being vague. That's how you end up with three episodes that are all kind of like first steps and things they're going after by in episode four that you're only kind
0: of understanding what they're
1: doing or why they're doing it.
0: In City on the Edge, how does Spock discover that Edith Keeler has to die? Does he do some kind of time travel to hack into the computers or something? Like, yeah, he does. He builds that device, right? Yeah, he builds
1: like a future TV or something.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I can't I, remember exactly. I was just thinking, comparing to that, because in, in City on the Edge, Spock r- understands what the issue is, sort of immediately. It's like one of the first things that he learns about it. And mm. in this show, when they learn that they're in a totalitarian nightmare and they have to go into the past to fix it, no one ever looks at the Wikipedia for how did this timeline come about right. and what yeah. where do we need to go to figure that out. and. It's a little bit frustrating. I mean, I guess you could argue they don't have the time or something like that. But in Star Trek, that artificialness of a character just has to type in a few things on the computer and then they learn what the information is and then they handle the problem off of that. Yeah. It's this hunting mystery aspect of it that causes these episodes to just string along to the point where you, you... It's like, well, just wake me up when the episode tells us whatever episode we need to get to, to tell me what the problem is and how we're going to fix it. That's the one that I'm interested in getting to at this point.
1: Yeah. I feel like <clears throat> the whole setup would work better as a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as a Lower Decks joke where you push in on the Borg Queen for her big monologue where she's like, oh, it seems as though I have some information about a possible thing. And then Marina goes, got it. Right. Because she just Googled it. She's like, I just looked it up. And it says that we need to go back to this point and stop this thing from happening because this guy's going to kill this guy. And we should probably do that now. We don't need you anymore, Borg Queen. See you later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, in that instance, what is
0: common sense
1: is not even really thought about here
0: yeah and it's fine it's just it's the culmination of things it's like it's fine if you want to do that kind of mystery stuff but you have to there has to be some other aspect of this series that is worth spending time in if you are frustrated by the lack of knowing where they're going you know like there has to be um character work around picard or it has to be character work around the crew i genuinely don't really like this cast of characters in the show Mm -hmm. um i think raffi is the worst. Like. They killed Elnor because Elnor has no reason to exist in this season whatsoever. Uh, Raffi doesn't make much sense to me. She is kind of a loose cannon in a way that betrays what I understand her setup to be. Rios is whatever. Seven is fairly good. Picard is kind of a feeble version of what I would expect from him to be. I, I just don't find them to be a particularly interesting set of characters. I think Girardi is better in this episode than she was in the second one, but at the same time, um, that shtick only goes so far with me in terms of performance and stuff. I, I don't know how you feel about these characters, but I, there's, we talked in an earlier episode about someone can die in this, seer, uh, this season because some, there's so many tertiary characters, and right, I think right. a lot of them can die. I was actually thought that Rios could die and nothing would really matter from his death.
1: Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that they killed Elnor only because like, everything I was talking about, um, Star Trek Four. You like he's the only one that you get that from because he's a fucking Romulan who doesn't know what tact is. Right, yeah. You know, which you throw him into 20, 21st century L.A., he's going to get punched in the mouth at a coffee shop mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, as opposed to just Rafi and Seven who are just conventionally attractive women. Yep. Uh, one of whom is angry, I guess, and the other one is happy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it um yeah i don't know i think yeah it for, a sto- for this kind of story these characters are pretty bland yeah. um and they operate too well in the in in the 21st century like the like raffi's like oh yeah i forgot money and then she just mugs that guy and takes his wallet <laughs> and that that's the end <laughs> of that problem um yeah 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 I yeah, Archer know, had to
0: rob an ATM or whatever to get money in Carpenter Street. There's this, this stuff that had to be done. So. Carpenter Street, man, really coming up in my my esteem. <laughs> as far as that, the more we talk
1: about it, the more I think it's an un, a uh, you know underrated classic. There. Underrated classic.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think I'm quite there yet, but we'll see where we stand in a couple no. of episodes of this one. Um, <laughs> um, anything else? Real? I mean general thoughts I, had, I guess at this point yeah go ahead i had something. one
1: like just nerd uh magic xylophone question um do they not have shields in the alternate totalitarian present i think they because, made such a
0: great shot that they just one shot at them for some reason
1: yeah like it, every single ship they blew up it took
0: one one the, the borg it, one when I has understand. that ever happened yeah in, I, the,
1: in the history of star <laughs> trek <laughs>
0: the borg torpedo i understand because one they blow up some ships and then they hook the borg queen in and she like supercharges the torpedo and makes it green and that was like okay i understand that but whoever shoots the first two one or two just gets a headshot from five thousand meters the i didn't realize the
1: Lost serena was the most powerful (laughs) ship in the fleet in the confederacy
0: it is in this timeline it's a good point it's um yeah, that's kind of in line with my like warp speed is too fast for you to linger around a star for too long. So yeah. I don't know how that's supposed to work. But um, other downside is there's a disappointing lack of Q in this. And yes, I would
1: you would you be I I think I would be more entertained by this. But how would you feel if this was just Picard and Q stuck in 2024?
0: Yeah, it'd be much better, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's It's a million times better. It has the, you know, I don't even know if it's a criticism, but I, I really do feel like someone like Picard should just be like, Q, hello. <laughs> like, we, we need to figure out what's going on. I know that he doesn't, even if he doesn't show up, I just feel like maybe Picard knows better than that and that he can't convince Q to show up or anything. But it's, um, you know, I don't know. You know what would have been great?
1: Picard and Q, the show is Picard and Q in 2024. <clears throat> and because this is a Q fuckery. You can cast as many Star Trek franchise alumni to play humans in 2024 as you want Mm. and just chalk it up to Q freaking out and fucking with Picard and Picard's mind going or something. So, like the two of them, Q is like hunched over because he's feeling sick or whatever. And so, uh, uh, Picard. Walks him over to a, apparently. I think L. A. is full of coffee shops exclusively because <laughs> I was going to say they go to a coffee shop, <clears throat> and like the person that comes over to take their order is Will Wheaton or something, you know. Like, yep. and it's just Picard has a glimmer of recognition, but he just kind of walks, up, and then he sees somebody else who's like looks exactly like Beverly Crusher, even though in this, why is Beverly Crusher the? In 2024, and the president of Germany or something—you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, like like—I think there's so much more fun that could be had with this. Yeah. Um. And it's just—I don't know. This kind of feels like a bit of a rehash of stuff as always. And it's not. If if I had a better idea of what the story was at this point, I might be a little bit nicer to it. Yeah. Um. I'd agree. But this—I mean. All this to say, I thought it was fine. Like, it's not getting me psyched about anything, but it was
0: fine. I agree. I thought it was fine. I liked this one better than the second episode. Um, I don't think it's as good as the first. Yeah, same. my, My closing thoughts about where we stand at this point is that everything I liked about the first episode seems to have been largely undone now because of the way that these stories are told. Like, remember Laris? Like, I <laughs> oh, shit! yeah, like, like what I liked about the first one is that it felt like they were setting up this thematic journey for Picard. And at this point, I understand that we're sort of still early in the season and things can change, but they haven't really touched on that yet. We're still in this like sci fi setup moment of like, these right. are the things we're going to get to, we're going to get there next episode. Maybe, maybe, oh, Rios got caught. Uh, how about next episode? We'll push it down the, the road a little bit. I just wish that this show had more cohesion to its storytelling. It, it wasn't so interested in just jumping to the next thing because I liked all the stuff that they were doing in the first episode. And by the time we're here at the end of the third, I've largely forgotten about a lot of it, you know? And I don't think that's the right way to to go. Um, we're just watching... Uh, I talk about it all the time, but Amy has just been had the first season of Mad Men on in the background, Mm -hmm. and it's just like... I know Mad Men's one of the greatest television shows of all time, but it's like there is a you can track the character through the season. Like it, it, the story right, right. is like easy to follow and you understand where it ends. And by the time you get to the end, there's like a little arc that's happened for Draper and stuff like that. But, and that has a mystery aspects in it too, but it doesn't feel like every episode is a new bit of information to lead you down the mystery of what's happened, but it just feels more organic. And that's the most frustrating thing to me about Picard is that it doesn't really settle into anything. And it has all of sort of the new Trek, uh, Tropy flaws that i don't really care about at this point
1: yeah agree imagine imagine if they did what i said and it was just q and picard in the past with these other star trek actors showing up in different situations yep and they get arrested and they get dragged into the precinct and they do a great you know tracking shot back pan up of the desk to see the 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 chief of police looking down on them and it's ben fucking cisco (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be um, that would be awesome. <laughs> it, would, it would be. Or, I shouldn't say Ben Sisko; it's Avery Brooks. But yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. I don't know. I obviously what I'm talking about is just fan fiction, but um yeah, it's It is fan fiction,
0: but it does it does something here that the bad version of the fan fiction and this show does, which is that there is a point to bringing the characters back, right? Like Right. right. They're they're a part of Picard and if this series is going to be an ex- exploration of that, Like, Picard never met Martok, you know? Like, what the fuck do I care about that? Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's...
1: Yeah, I just... I'm, I'm not... I'm still waiting to be hooked by this. Yeah. And if by episode four you haven't... I mean, this is a Star Trek show, too. If by episode four you haven't hooked me with a Star Trek show, then I don't really know. I don't really know what's
0: going on. Yeah, yeah um i guess that's it uh did you mention a best moment it was just just to go on a positive my favorite moment was the seven uh saying she feels happy where she is in the past did you have a good a good moment that you enjoyed from this one
1: yeah that was also that was my favorite part of the episode oh, okay All right. um <clears throat> i also did really like the back and forth with the board queen mm-hmm. um i the, the the two things that i'm interested in going forward are the set the seven story and the board queen story because i'm honestly don't know what they're going to do with either of them um but i like the board queen as a character in this situation so
0: yeah yep is anything last question is anything shifted about who you think the board queen in the first episode is i'm not super interested in like analyzing it but to me it's between seven and girardi i think are the two options
1: yeah yeah i think so um Man, at
0: this point, it's going to be really fucking depressing if it's seven. Yeah, although I, I think that I see that being more thematically fulfilling than Girardi. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's good. so one of the things that I was surprised at, um, is I think they really missed an opportunity to use the uh, totalitarian alternate present as a way to kind of move forward some of the things that the characters were thematically interested in. And maybe, I mean, maybe they did, and I'm not giving it enough credit, but, like, having Seven wake up and be the president, there's not really a moment where she kind of is into it, and it was like, man, right. this is amazing. I'm the leader of the whole confederation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a little bit from Girardi where she wakes up and she's like, "Even in an alternate future, I'm still alone." Yes, <laughs> but you know, I I think I think that is an opportunity, and and I guess they do it with they probably do it ex- pretty much only with Picard, where I'm still not even sure what he's supposed to be the the dark mirror he's supposed to be looking in because I don't know if what exactly was he afraid of being a evil general? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure, no. but I I think they could have done more in that. That would have made that part of the story have a little bit more weight to it if they leaned into some of that stuff a bit more. And so you so you're going, oh okay, I see what's going on here. Yeah, there's a, a couple instances where you're getting uh what if scenarios, and one a couple instances where things are better. And so your characters are actually like, well, I mean, you know, this really isn't that bad. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I, I'm torn because I hate that alternate universe so much at oh, this yeah, point. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's... I mean, <clears throat> thematically, I could see a link between waking up the president of a fascist dictatorship and being an ex-borg are kind of... They would probably have linked memories of that. Like, sure, there, yeah. there's a kind of draw to it for Seven, potentially. Um, but you know for as much as i said about it it would be thematically nice if seven becomes the queen at the start just as a kind of like sacrifice thing i don't think the show is going to earn that by that point because it's not really particularly interested in stuff like examining how seven would feel about being the leader of a collective dictatorship over people you know yeah so if they would focused on that i think that it's deserving and it would be very emotional and satisfying and cathartic or whatever but I'm I'm not sure. I I think they'll focus on the flash rather or the sizzle rather than the steak or whatever that saying is. My the reason I'm going Agnes
1: versus seven is because they did it with seven last season, right? Yeah. Yep. Unless they use that as an excuse as to like why they would do it again, but I don't know. And I just man, making seven the board queen, it just feels like. Someone who's escaped an abusive relationship, ultimately going back with yep. their abusive boyfriend or whatever. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah, I, I can. It see would it for be for the greater download.
0: good. The greater, for, if it's done for the greater good, I can kind of understand it. But it would have, it would be an staying a, a together tragedy. for the kids. <laughs> staying together for the kids <laughs> is never the way to go. They can have separate bedrooms, and they'll be fine. <laughs> uh, I guess we're done with assimilation. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for supporting the show on Patreon. You guys are the best. You are, you are much better than the first three episodes of Star Trek: Picard at this point. Although I'm not hating this one as much, I am. I don't know. It's it's just not very good, is the thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, I don't. It hate doesn't it. offend me like Discovery did. Uh, it could maybe down the line, but I I feel that this is definitely a better show than Discovery. It just has so many of the same problems in it at the same time. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. It's it's it's
1: a problem that unfortunately runs through all of both of these shows and it I, as much as i'm looking forward to strange new worlds it does make me worry that it's going to be the same
0: thing it's, it's going to be the same thing Yep. um quick uh quick
1: i'm only because i'm seeing this right now yeah quick shout out to Tariq latif our one of our uh listeners uh he posted on the discord saying i don't know what this says about the episode but around 15 minutes after i finished watching it my appendix burst <laughs> and i'm currently in hospital for the night." <clears throat> So hope you hope you get well
0: there. Yeah, man. get get well. Uh, Amy had her Yeah, I don't mean to laugh. That is a uh, I guess he's fine enough to be posting on Discord unless he doesn't have much else to, to do before his they'd read him his last rites, but um Amy had her appendix out. Did you ever have your appendix out? No. No. I it's one of those things
1: that I was always terrified of as a child because as soon once I fit, was told how it can happen where it's like, oh yeah, you know, like a little piece of something that's going through your intestines could get caught in there and gets inflamed. It made me super terrified to make sure that I never had eggshells in my eggs when I made them because <laughs> that was, I think, the ex- <laughs> that was the example my mother used. I think when she was explaining to me what how that happens how it happens. Sure. And so it always it always anytime I feel like a twinge of pain in my lower right side of my abdomen, I'm like I'm like Red Fox going here it is
0: it's coming the big one. Yeah, I have um, I have my tonsils. I have my adenoids, I think is how you pronounce it. Oh, wow. I have my appendix. I, don't, I, I never had any of that stuff taken out. Oh, I thought you were saying you had all those taken no, out. No, no, like I were just them. a You're just a hollowed out canoe No, that's over like, there. That's, I think everyone in Britain in 1950 had it done. Like Roald mm-hmm. Dahl had all that stuff done from his uh, autobiography. I remember that. I think it was just popular surgery to do back then. Um, yeah. The hell else, What the hell was I going to say? Well, get well anyway, Tark. That's, uh I'm sorry to hear that you're a appendix person. I don't know if it has anything to do with Picard, but you do say that you kind of enjoyed it, despite its many flaws. <laughs> so, so, so say we all, I suppose, as they say in Battlestar. <laughs> um, we're done. We'll be back next week with the next episode of Star Trek Picard. I don't think it has an episode title yet, so I can't tell you. But thanks again, everybody, for listening. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, thanks for checking out uh, the Rotten Horror Picture Show coverage
1: of the Stephen Kinger Second Stringers, mm-hmm. and uh, also the the couple few Batman things we've had where we have going up the next couple months. Yeah, uh, we we appreciate everybody who listens in.
0: Yeah, I wonder if any of the Batman people actually are going to listen to the Star Trek Picard. It seems like a, it seems a hard schism between those two groups, but everyone is welcome. It's a big umbrella, um, unlike America where you get the fuck out <laughs> 2024
1: <laughs> baby harsh harsh realities of 2024 it's I, not that far away guys
0: I, they're, yeah they're i don't know they're definitely going to bring up they like well it all started in 2022 when the republicans won back the house and the senate and it's like oh my god my eyes are going to roll back <laughs> in my head and be like so
1: so i was under the impression i had to look this up i had thought here's some, something that i i do want to we, maybe we can talk about this more in the next episode because we are about to end here but sure. um i i thought more had happened in the 21st century by this point going by traditional canon oh, like, Star thought, Trek's
0: yeah star trek history yeah man. are is are we not past the eugenics war at this point we are so the 90s would have been the eugenics war and world war three is like right around the corner yeah I, I gotta say man things bounced good. back
1: <laughs> bounce back from that eugenics war
0: <laughs> la never looked better although maybe the yeah maybe that maybe our own history is the the tent city camps are just eugenics war survivors or something and i'm just well, not paying attention when they
1: went to the tent city thing i actually thought that's what they, the way they were going i thought they were going more for like the uh um that deep space nine episode mm, yeah but then they start panning around and it's like people walking around in sunglasses and modern <laughs> buildings and shit. And I was like, all right, maybe this is just supposed to be like a, a tent city you would find in LA in 2021 or 2022. Yeah. Yeah. If those exist, I don't even know if those are exi- are in LA.
0: Oh, they definitely. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, yeah. I read a good book about that called San Francisco, which was fascinating about the uh, the tent cities that are popping up everywhere because Boston has them, Methadone Mile, and they're trying to get rid of them. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah um that's it so we'll see if star trek picard delves into the complicated politics of 2022 probably not i imagine q is going to come back and say some stuff and then we'll maybe discover who who uh the watcher is very final last question clay i know i've said that a thousand times but you can just answer quickly <laughs> does adam Sung mean to do whatever he does
1: Ooh, good question
0: um, hmm. Is he a bad guy intentionally or is he doing something that is going to somehow cause a bad thing to happen? I'm wondering if he's. Oh,
1: okay. I see what you're saying. Cause I was going to say it feels like he might be an unintentionally, like he means to do the thing, right? But has ba- unintended side be, effects. Yeah. Like he's about to invent Facebook. Mm hmm. Um, <laughs> bring him yeah. back my space i don't know i don't know I, I don't know if they're gonna go full evil with him i have a feeling probably not but
0: he does have a statue
1: you know true. there yeah. seems
0: to be intent if there's a statue we don't honor people who make mistakes with statues unless yeah, I they're don't know. confederate we, generals i guess yeah i was gonna <laughs> say <laughs> but it's Tell a that stonewall jackson <laughs> it is a confederacy <laughs> Oh, well, I guess I'll recall that. But I, I think he's going to be have some kind of intent to him. I would think we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll leave it there. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time.